<laughs> Welcome to Burning Okay, you guys know two things about me. One, I'm very humble. Two, I have the best fucking guest on my podcast. I have the best fucking guest. I don't know how I got her on. Actually, I do. It was it's called it's called Connections. I have such an iconic sweetie on this pod. She's not only badass with fashion, with sports, with business, with just her overall like outgoing style and personality i have fucking victoria paris on burning in hell <laughs> thank you so much for having me that's like the best intro i've ever gotten it goes downhill from there but oh, yeah <laughs> yes. Dude, okay i want to give you a little to a little background how i discovered you i was not the first wave of girlies because i'm old <laughs> i i got tiktok a little later and i remember just seeing you like talking about like a cool thrift you did and then saying some funny shit and i was like oh i i would be friends with this girl and i followed you and then i realized like you're everything oh <laughs> that's so nice thank you i mean like we we talked about this before but like i i knew about you before i ever did tiktok because i was like a, a reality show whore yeah. like i watched everything like Just everything like on that. bravo tlc like john and Kate State was my childhood <laughs> And then like summer house, I was like, yo, this is like, these are like, like grown ass adults in New York city. And I was in college and I was like, I want to be like them. Like I want to go out to the Hamptons for the summer. Like, and I, and I, you know, it inspired me to start nannying. Cause I started nannying for a family that took me to the Hamptons, went to the Hamptons for the first time, was just stuck in the house with like three kids. And I was like, yo, this shit sucks. It's nothing like their show. Like, oh, uh, like, where's the theme party? No, like where's surf lodge? Like, how do I get to surf? I was in, I was like 40 minutes away from surf lodge. And I was like, I will get to, I never got to surf lodge like ever. Well, you will. You have a lot of time now. Yeah, hopefully. You started though. I love a multifaceted bitch. You started in finance. Yeah. My, my last job before TikTok, I was working at a fintech startup. Wow. And I heard that you heard that you were getting paid less than people. Yeah. I mean, like rightfully so because I was in college. <laughs> but like the thing is, is that the peop other people working there were like, a year out of college yeah. and they were doing different jobs. But the thing is, is that the pay disparity was so it was like I was getting paid like 15, 20 dollars an hour and they were getting 75. Yeah. And like obviously like they were doing more technical jobs. But the thing is, is like a living wage in New York is not 15 or 20 dollars an hour. Oh, no. Especially for a college educated kid. Have you always been like against authority or kind of like entrepreneurial? Oh, yeah. I mean, my dad worked for himself our whole lives. So that like kind of set the precedent. But like I had so many problems growing up, getting like thrown out of schools, oh, yeah. like got arrested. Oh, hell yeah. For, uh, like just, just. What'd you do? I was racing my car and they <laughs> took me to jail for racing. I got like a felony misdemeanor for like reckless driving. That's kind of the most badass. Yeah. Like, it's peeing, like a, yeah. peeing on in the corner. No, people were like, yeah, like they took my fake. And I was like. <laughs> racing Bro, i was fast and furious yeah yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah i have like a i'm an aries i don't know what you are but like leo okay yes 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 <laughs> i have like a little bit of a temper a little bit of fire sign so i like to go fast and all that good stuff <laughs> okay so how was your mental health when you were in finance um you know i, f I it was like the beginning of my girl boss arch or era and i was like you know this is this is just what what i have to do to prove myself yeah. i have to work so hard like yeah. double my dosage of adderall and, like really show up and yeah. i was like actually like that's not great i was burning out like working like 10 hour days and then my boss texting me after hours or telling me to come in early and not paying me for that time and so I was feeling empowered for the first time but also burnt out yeah it's almost like you kind of abandon yourself because of what like 
you see in the media of like what a girl boss is. What do you think about how Gen Z has kind of been like, can we stop with the whole girl boss thing? Oh, yeah. I mean, I think that like we live in the United States, like very capitalist country where it's like you have to work to live, but it's like I don't live to work. I mean, there should be like some people like don't want to do that. And I totally respect that. But you know, you you said that you grew up in Brooklyn. My mom was born and raised in like Queens mm-hmm. and like split time in the city in Brooklyn. And she was the first in her family to go to college. She went to Stuyvesant. Like she, oh, hell got, yeah. Yeah, she got all these awards. She was like super smart. And so her telling me that story growing up was like, okay, well, I was never doing enough as a kid because she's like, you have all the privileges that I didn't. And so when I actually, yeah, <laughs> when I actually started working, I was like, oh shit, okay, let's go. Like the, my mom did like worked really she's hard. Like, I, I had work. to swim across the Hudson to get to school back in my day. No, literally, literally. <laughs> <laughs> That's so amazing. Okay. So when did you quit? I love a quit. I love a breakup. I love these stories. When did you get out? So I tried to quit. Um, <laughs> Before, it's hard to quit. It's so hard because they kept manipulating me. They kept asking me to come back. They offered to pay more. I came back. It's just like a toxic ex-boyfriend. It's, ex- it's extremely toxic. And it was also because the company was all men. So it just felt like I was like, is this normal? Should I feel this way? Mm-hmm. And then I quit. They asked me to come back. I needed money because it was in the middle of COVID. I was in my last year of college. And I was like, I need a job after college. Let me just take this as like a means to an end to get another job in the city yeah. and pay rent. And then the company actually ended up going under. And I quit like right before that because I was like I'm not going down with the sinking ship because he didn't he didn't pay us our last paycheck I'm leaving you for dead oh period period (laughs) period but he wasn't gonna pay them people their last paychecks because the company was going under and he's like we have no money and I was like that is ridiculous it's like the company might but bro I know you're vacationing in Turks and Caicos next week oh I knew I I had his like apartment address I was like yeah his kids were going to private school I was like okay so this this you go does Tommy need another semester I don't think so no literally like a SAT tutor like multiples so you then start creating on tiktok but what people have told me because i've like asked around to kind of get the vibe of like what people know about you and they were like she went after tiktok in a unique way that other people haven't what was your tiktok strategy or was it just not strategic and just like an expression of yourself um for me like i was never like a artsy like drawer kid or like whatever I was always super like like logical about things and really about numbers and I think I have like an obsession with numbers and so I would put out like 20 to 30 videos a day because I was sitting in my room during COVID like in the middle of New York City like there was nothing to do and um (laughs) I would (laughs) you're like the phone was my best friend no literally and people are like how could you put so much out there without fear of like your peers or your friends like thinking it's weird and I'm like bro I didn't have any peers or friends I was Mm. stuck in my apartment Mm -hmm. but I put out like 20 or 30 videos I would watch how the numbers trended and so I put out like five fashion videos and like five fitness videos and then like a grocery haul and see what did well and then the next day repeat that and try new videos Ooh, I'm like obsessed with virality and I love that you fucking went for it and you also threw stuff out there for pure analysis, not like in a like win-loss thing, but being like, okay, A-B testing, like that kind of shit. Yeah, and then also like once I like made it further than the industry, it was like asking around and meeting a ton of people and be like, so are people making money in the fashion niche or in the fitness niche or in the like like the girl boss entrepreneur mentor way and, yeah. and then figuring that out kind of helped me like usher my own career um towards like what I thought would be lucrative and be able to support me so that I can pursue my passion dude you're fucking smart what is your favorite kind of video that brings you joy to make oh my gosh just the just the the random ones that do well I'm like oh people like this this literally took me two minutes to make those are always yeah. the ones 
that's, that's, I'm like, oh my God, they like me for me. Not like a, a video that took me like two hours yeah. like, to make. You Not know? the crafted one yeah, using yeah, like a yeah. viral sound. It's always you just like farting after eating yeah. something late at night. I, I love that for you so much. I also... I like it because I feel like we see so many facets of you. Like when I see your video, I'm not like, oh, she's going to talk about something specific. I'm always like, what's she going to say? What's she going to do? Yeah. I want to know how your mental health has evolved from starting off, no pressure, just throwing shit and seeing what sticks to getting momentum to then having a following to then people coming for people with followings to then trying to upkeep your following yeah i think like there's so much pressure in this industry to grow and grow fast and what happens is when you scale so fast you also like can scale backwards so fast like you blow up overnight and then they pull like they like try to cancel you and then they pull everything back and it's mm -hmm. extremely stressful and like taxing on your mental health to be you know given everything and then it feels like it's all being taken away like that and so I out kinda, of control oh yeah it's like mob mentality and so I kind of got to this point where I was like just like I want to keep high engagement and an engaged audience and I'm not really focused on like amassing millions of followers but more like a cult-like following yes and I really like that I do find when you're losing followers you can immediately be like oh no like what did I do wrong or you go oh what did I do right that these people realize that like they're not my people and yeah. that's okay I, and sometimes they come back like later down the line oh like, yeah like i've like for f i've never lost until i was like last year for a six-month period i lost like a hundred thousand followers on tiktok and also gained a hundred at the same time so kind of yeah. like there was no like it was like this and then on instagram i lost like 50 gained like 50,000 gained like 56,000 and um that was extremely hard on my mental health because I was like what is wrong with me why am I not interesting anymore what's happening and I but it's always I feel like especially with women after you spike like after people start noticing you too much and it's also the people who didn't originally know you being like what's this girl's deal and then trying to see like the problem with it when before they were just trying to see like what they loved about you. Yeah, they're like trying to get to know you and figure you out. But now that I've been in the space for like almost two years, they're like, okay, uh, she's growing on me. Like uh, we, we kind of know about her. She kind of annoyed me. And now she's kind of <laughs> growing on me. I'm like, oh, that's good. I'm, I'm glad. It's funny because I did see you through like the blocking scandal, mm -hmm. which some I th it made me love you. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Because... Uh, there was like a rapper who apparently blocked like 500,000 people on his Instagram. And he was like, look, it's my house. If you're coming in with dirty feet, you're going to get kicked out. Yeah, you know? Yeah. Protect your peace. Yeah, exactly. So has ha have you found that like people blocking certain people has helped with you continually to create and be your best self. Yeah, it's created such like a safe environment like in my comments and even on my page because the thing is, is like, you know, like you, somebody can't come into your work and literally cost you. Like yeah. my videos are my work and it's like, if you're gonna come in here and tell me like, <laughs> I'm an ugly, like my, my like Jew yeah. and like stuff like that, like that's not gonna fly. Like No, also like it's not a fucking town hall meeting. Like I don't need no. people like coming in with like hateful shit. It's also like free for you to consume and it's like I put it out there for you to watch freely and it's like I can take that right back anytime. But the thing is, is that people are like, oh, well, then you're going to exist in a vacuum and not take any criticism. No. And I'm like, yo, you can still make hate videos on your page. And I'll, I still watch all them. And I read every comment. Like, OK, why do you do that? Um, I think for me, it helps me stay in front of the narrative and understand like what public opinion is of me. Like I also watch all the videos that are super positive about me. Yeah. Like, I read everything just to know like the landscape of how I'm resonating. That takes a lot of mental strength. I got to a point where I've decided like I don't read comments about me and I don't read I don't I just don't 
consume anything about me. I don't even Google myself. Um, just cause sometimes that could like ruin my fucking day. Um, I would say like it can throw me off for like an hour or two, but I'm getting <laughs> so good with it. it. Used to throw me off for days, like yeah. to a point where I, like I become so neutral and emotionless towards it. Um, yeah. I think eventually I will get to that point where I don't read anything, but yeah. it doesn't really. Affect but then like me. Alex Cooper, Caller Daddy, she consumes everything because she loves kind of getting the feedback that she can get ahead of. Yeah. Um, but I also think with you, y- you have so many people that are like she's been through so much. And she's still here that it's kind of like iconic. I don't know what that accent was. Iconic. iconic. That was iconic. Q-U-E at the end. I love that. I love that. Do you um, tend to go more towards depression, anxiety, or both? Um, both, for sure. Oh, yeah. Yeah. She, she's What's a, one without the other? Like, <laughs> do they not go hand in hand? Are they more not iconic duo. Yang? I think some people have more depression, like 90% depression, 10% anxiety. But I think that the two exist in tandem. Yeah. What are you insecure about? Um... Uh, failure. Like I'm insecure. Like if something doesn't do well, like what that looks like. I'm insecure. Like not succeeding. I'm insecure about like the way I come off to people. Um, I'm insecure about so many things. I mean, isn't it funny that your insecurities are the things that you're like going after? What do you mean? Like if you're insecure about how you come off to people, do putting yourself in the public eye and putting your personality out there is like the ultimate fear, but it also is like the biggest high. Yeah, I also think it helps me con- like conquer that fear. Yes. Like I used to be uh, like when I was younger, like I would say like two or three years ago when I was in college and somebody would say like, oh, like you gain weight or like, oh, you look skinny. Like you would ruin me and I would literally cry and like not even want to be friends with that person. Now I'm like, you can say anything to me and it won't affect me. And I'm like really proud of myself for that. But it also took like so much self-deprecation yes. and like subjecting myself to that to overcome it. Yeah. So I think my insecurities have become like not that many because I'm like actively trying to combat them. I love that so much. How's your um relationship with your body right now? Considering um, you put it out there like every fucking day yeah. in a very like powerful way. Yeah, I, I well a lot of people like try to give me flack for like saying I body check and stuff like that, but it's more so like me just being confident in my body and like my gains. I think that body checking is a, a so body checking the term is that like you're like showing off your body and like trying to flaunt it and trigger people, but I think body checking is a term that's thrown at um like petite women a lot of times mm. or women who fit the beauty standard and it's like if you like i'm looking snatched yeah it's like if you have a plus size body and you're like showing it off on the camera people aren't like stop body checking and so i think that can be super like counterintuitive to the body positivity movement when you're only like telling a certain subsection of people that they're body checking you know yeah i feel like body checking is for bodies yeah yeah all bodies and like, also like anyone feeling good in their skin at that moment wanting to show it off yeah but i'm right now i'm like pretty body neutral like i'm kind of like over it i've been working out for like five years i was a personal trainer at equinox yeah. like i've been super fit been not fit been in between and like i just want like this is just like my vessel this is just what i travel in and it doesn't dictate my happiness Wait, that's so fucking like wise of you. It's fucking so woke, bro. Like Renee Brown, she, right here, bro. She tripped on acid like a few times, and like she just sees one the ayahuasca future. trip, and she's like, "I'm just a soul living yeah, some skin. Like, it's a vessel." <laughs> but I do. I'm similar to you, where like I was an athlete. I stopped working out for a bit. I start. I did some yoga for a bit. I stopped that, and I realized like, oh, I'm still me. Yeah. I'm still me existing, and like the happiness does not correlate with my external normally. The confidence. Correlates. It, relates with the way the external resonates exactly um what is the typical day in the life of victoria paris look like 
I mean, this is where you're like, oh, this bitch is depressed. Like, <laughs> it's a struggle. It's a really, it's a struggle to leave bed. Honestly, like, same. Like, I'm the same way. Yeah, like it's like come like 11 or 12, and I'm like, oh shit, like I'm starving. I have to leave bed because I'll sit and I'll consume so much online, which is part of my job. It's like research. Research. Um, and then I'm like, oh, I need to make stuff. Um, maybe I'll get to the gym. I'll get out of bed at like 11 or 12. If my girlfriend's in town, maybe earlier, but she's working. And then I'll go get a coffee and a bagel. And then I'll kind of make some videos. And then I'll go to the gym around one or two. And then I'll like clean up and then maybe see my best friend, maybe go out and do something at night with my girlfriend. But yeah, that's pretty much it every day. So how much um, do you care about the engagement right now of your videos? How much do you put pressure on yourself to get like certain amount of videos and stuff like that? Well, it's not about like uh, like how many videos like engagement is like paramount to me. So if I put out one video and I guess like 10 million views, I'm like, oh, cool. Did my work for today. But like yeah. a million views is like when I'm like happy. So I'll put out like 10. I'll make like 10 to 15 videos on a normal day, a work day. And I work like Monday to Sunday, but some days more intense than others. Yeah. And um, if I have a video that trends, so it's trending to hit a million, I kind of feel less pressure every day but every day yeah. I feel the pressure to like put out a video that's hitting a million I want almost every video that stays up on my page to hit at least like 600 or 700,000 views because that's almost uh 50% viewage wise engagement when you're thinking of ideas do you normally know like this is good or you just you kind of keep throwing stuff out there um I don't really think of ideas I just make them and it's like I know furniture content as well, and I, like, periodically do furniture content. You're fucking... Ha I think that's also why I initially followed you. You just were like, look at this sick couch, and I was like, follow that bitch. She Yay. knows what's good. I currently... I just got my first apartment yes. and I'm that New York City girl who was moving every year. I would, yeah, it would look yeah, like yeah. a hospital room. I wouldn't invest at all in my like space because I'm like, I'm not living here. And for the first time, I'm trying to invest in my space. Can you describe your like home space what aesthetic you wanted what vibe you wanted what feel for your mental health you wanted yeah I mean I've lived in New York for like four almost five years now and I felt like I was always so transitional I felt like I never had a home base and even as a child growing up like my parents we were like renting for a bit and we weren't allowed to like really decorate and so I was like always just like pressed to feel like I could go home somewhere mm -hmm. and feel like I was at home and that got even worse in New York because the thing is is that New York City spaces are so weird mm -hmm. like they're not like a home like you never walk into somebody's apartment and you're like I feel like I'm in a house like I can relax yeah you're like why is the shower in the kitchen no literally <laughs> and like why? oh you don't have a dishwasher same but like with how much rent do I spend how much money I'm paying a mortgage in rent and I don't have a dishwasher but whatever um, great space though I wanted you to walk the lighting is amazing yeah, the lighting is only good in the summer but um um, I wanted you to walk into my apartment and feel like you were at home. Like I took a box. Like, literally my apartment is a box, is a studio. It's like over yeah. 1,500 square feet. Yeah. Um, and I wanted to feel like I was in somebody's house. Like I could have relaxed and escape from the city. Yeah, because you just have like this wide open space. And I was super impressed with, because that could look shit. That could look oh, like. Oh my God. The studios are harder to decorate than a one bed. Yeah, because there's nothing to work with. And it could look kind of vacant and it could look kind of like you just clinical yeah kind of like a crack or, or, room <laughs> or cluttered you see like yeah. the whole like they like stack books on the wall and they try to make it look so like artsy fartsy and i'm like no it just looks cluttered like it looks like a warehouse true well i'm very into like the maximalistic 70s yeah, yeah, vibe yeah. but then i'm also like i'm add so i'm like i don't want to look like it goes quick from maximalistic to you are a hoarder and then i'm depressed it's a thin it. line yeah 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 so it's finding do you have any colors that you love working with right now okay so i have to say like i think part of being uh 
a successful person is employing the right people. Like yeah. Kim Kardashian employs like amazing hair and makeup artists and like people who work for her. And so I kind of got to this point where I'm like, I can't do this. I can decorate a one bed. So on TikTok, I found this dude, his name's Addison Bird, Brother Bird, and he's an interior designer. And I was like, yo, do you have any ideas for my space? And we started talking. He also grew up in North Carolina. He's around <gasps> the same age. And he's like, I would love to design your space at a subsidized rate. And we do content together. Yeah. And he is like 27 years old, never really did anything like it before. And I got so lucky with him that's amazing yeah. i actually was looking on tiktok for inspo because it's so good for inspo and i realized i found this girl lale buzz she's amazing and i hit her up and she was like oh i follow you on instagram and she's helping me design my oh, space yeah. but i love that at such an early young age you've been able to be like oh i want to delegate shit to make myself like the most complete kind of yeah i think for like big things like an apartment like if my if my if my rent is gonna cost like a lot of fucking money then it better be done well you know mm -hmm. but for me i still struggle on the day-to-day -to, -day to delegate like i'm so type a and like a micromanager Same. and i'm also so young i'm like so young i'm like 23 i feel like if i were to hire an assistant they're going to be around the same age and i'm not hiring a college kid like mm -hmm. so i feel like that relationship would be weird but honestly like I probably need to. Yeah, the thing with assistant is they're in your space 24-7, so you need their energy to be fucking right. You, but you know like that friend that you meet that you're like, oh, I could be around you all day and I like it, and they don't feel the need to always be like chatty or like, like I feel like sometimes you can find that right person, but it's fucking hard. Bro, my anxiety is more so paranoia. It's like rooted in paranoia, so I'm oh. paranoid if I employ somebody and they see all the behind the scenes, they'll turn around and like flip on me later in life. Not that that's really like, I mean, yeah, that's happened. That's called like, NDA, baby. Yeah, for six months. When it she expires. thought about it. Yeah. She thought about it. Oh, I really it. thought about it. Like, I just feel like I've been subjected to cancel culture even before, like the blocking thing where I blocked a lot of people, like. I just don't trust a lot of people and in that it's put a lot of burden on me to like do everything myself. And that's real. Like that's just a response to past trauma. Was the blocking thing like did you just go off like one week or like no, was it steadily over time? It. Also like since I was a kid like in high school like I'd fight with people like at my high school and just block them on everything always. Yeah. And it was just kind of like something I always did. And I think other people in the space saw that and people giving me flack for it like other creators and they were like wait I do that too. Like why are people so pressed about her? Well, that's cancel culture where yeah, like yeah. It, it, it gets popular. Yeah. It gets popular. Um, also, you so you're in a new relationship. Yeah. How is it like navigating um, dating being in the public eye on TikTok? Oh, my God. Because you were like you were hiding her and like that was kind of fun. <laughs> well, OK, so like my first so I, my first relationship on TikTok was super public. And then like we literally had like n like no sex life. Like we didn't have sex at all. And like it wasn't really a real relationship. It was super performative, it felt like. But the videos, I would like find myself getting entranced in the videos of us and the idea of us and the time we spent together that I convinced myself that it was a good relationship when really it wasn't. That is so reality TV-esque. Because reality TV, like, producers will kind of be like, oh, they like you. You like them. And then oh, yeah. you have cameras All in front of you. All the comments are lights. like, you guys look amazing guys, together. And I'm like, we like, do, don't this, we? If this relationship doesn't work out, I don't believe in love. And then you, like, get high off, yeah, the idea of you two. And the next thing you know, it's like, do these people like each other or do they like I didn't even know his age attention? until we were, like, <laughs> together for three months. And I was like, wait, how old are you? But you can say his name. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> wait, so how did it end? Uh, like randomly like one day he like broke up with me and I because I didn't even realize till like after the fact 
that I was like, oh my gosh. Wait, that w- the thing is that people think that you're in on it, especially in reality TV, that you're in on this fake relationship. No. It for views. It, you too believe it's, it's a, a meta reality. Like people go, is it real? And I go, it's real in its own fakeness. You have to be so mentally strong. And like, I thought I was so mentally strong. It could take so much, but like the, the subconscious manipulation that views and comments and like opinions like well it, that's why in reality tv the show ends then the couples break up and you're like what happened and they're like they they, they lost the, the drug yeah, they didn't get the yeah, high anymore yeah. of the attention yes. so you're navigating this one a little different so then that happened and i was like oh shit like i'm not putting something out there for a long time and i'm really gonna make sure i build a steady healthy relationship and i started dating my my first girlfriend i've only dated two girls kind of came out as i was in i came out as bisexual i was in my like straight relationship and i just had never been with a girl and then with my ex-girlfriend, I waited and I didn't put us online for like three months. And I was also contractually like required to not put us online because I was doing like a dating thing with Amazon. Mm-hmm. And um, so I waited and like the first three months were kind of tumultuous, but I thought that that's the norm with gay relationships because I had never felt so loved before mm-hmm. and except when I was with a woman and that was the first woman I was with. So I was like, oh, well, if she loves me so deeply, we're bound to fight so hard and so intensely mm-hmm. and this justifies the other Especially end. after being in a relationship that was kind of like neutral. No passion. Nothing. No fights. No, but no you fights. had a lot of passion. So much passion and so much love. And I was like, well, this is the other end of it. This is normal. And so for the first three months, it was so hot and cold off and on. But I still waited and didn't put it online. And then once the contract was up and I c- could in the last month of our relationship, I put it online and boom, it ended. I think that it being online contributed <laughs> to that. It yeah. was so bad. It like really amplified all our problems and put us under a microscope. And um, you can't just take somebody, she wasn't in social media, and put them in front of a camera and millions of people and expect them to be able to tolerate it. Mm-hmm. And I realized that. And um, they, they they can't like sift through who fake people are. So if people from their life from months ago are hitting them up, they think it's genuine. And I'm like, I can't be like, baby, they're only hitting you up because we're together now. Because then I sound like the dick. But I'm like... Yeah they remembered you because of the video and then they the same thing happened with my ex-boyfriend like people fall in love with them online and then build interest in them again in the same way that you fell in love with the relationship blah 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 oh for sure and then yeah so my most recent girlfriend um obsessed with her she's older successful in her own right we love a zaddy we love a zaddy moment well she was like clouded on lesbian tumblr like she's had followers and then like took a step back so she's vintage chic oh yeah she was like i don't (laughs) give a fuck about any of this and all she lives in la and all her friends are like very in the space like my husband is also a comedian and he's 46 and like it's, it's oh i love it and i've been promoting like i love dating older if the power dynamic is right, as yeah, in if yeah. you have your own shit going on, because yeah. then it could get kind of like weird. But I love that like you have your own shit going on. She understands it. Yeah, she understands also, the space. Like you like respect her mind. Like she and she can give you good insight with stuff. Yeah, she's an amazing photographer. Like, oh, she cool. Initially was in a photography. She she's a scientist now and like has her PhD and her shit together. And she just lets me like drive the boat, whatever I want to put out there, whatever I feel comfortable with. She's like she lets you be yourself. Yeah, and she's not pressed over any public opinion or comments or anything and like that's hot it's super easy because she sounds like she's a little more secure in who she is super secure you said you kind of discovered you were bi while in a straight relationship how did that go about well i think that i like kind of knew before i got in the relationship but didn't really like i i just my whole life i had struggled to be close with women because i felt like the friendship got way too deep it felt Mm -hmm. like it was a partnership and whenever i had like a girl best friend i never had a boyfriend and i was like why is that like why do they fill all the roles that a boyfriend would but the sex and i was like 
I think girls are just obsessed with me. I was like, bitches just are so obsessed with me. I was like, it's so weird. The girlies love me. I know, and I would literally say to my like guy best friends, I'd be like, they all just want to, they're like, they act like they're my girlfriend and I don't get it. And I wonder if it's because I let them in in that capacity without realizing mm. that like I like girls. You were caring for them in that way. Yeah, and then they expected it from me. And I was like, bro, chill. You're just my best friend. Like, I'm not your fucking boyfriend. Yeah. Yeah, and so I had struggled with my relationship with women and I had a best friend. She's She like, I think she kind of like, I was like, oh, wow. Okay, well, you're really attractive. Like, mm-hmm. and kind of realized, but then didn't think anything of it and kind of docked that. And then me and my uh, ex-boyfriend started dating, came out as by very publicly and then yeah most people who are in their early 20s who come out as bi don't have to deal with the public opinion <laughs> your family could be like hard enough in certain situations yeah. well the thing is is that i grew up in like chapel hill north carolina which is like relatively progressive mm-hmm. and all my friends were like queer pansexual cool. and from a young age like my girlfriends would literally like be like we want to hook up like we're like down and i was like i'm not like i'm not attracted to you and then i thought i was straight because of that and then i got older and i was around other women who I thought were really beautiful and I was like oh shit like a girl who's t- there's girls who are taller than me and because I'm like five nine mm. and all my friends were shorter than me and I was like there's girls who were like hot because I wasn't around the type of woman I was into well was that's younger. the thing if you think about like I'm attracted to guys but I'm not attracted to 99% of them yeah that's the thing and (laughs) if you're if you're if it's if it's normal to like feel that way then you're like okay I'm straight whatever but Mm -hmm. but like people are like oh I can't be gay because like I'm not attracted to girls and I'm like bro it takes one right girl takes like the girl of your dreams to change everything that's why it's their soul yeah 100 percent. that's why I think the default sexuality should be pansexuality not heterosexuality well as speaking as the millennial but I get along with the gen z is the gen z's like me um I learned that you guys are sometimes going to your sexuality more like we don't know and we're gonna figure it out yeah and that blew my fucking mind like low-key jealous because i grew up with like everyone straight and then if you're not you have to come out and as a young kid i thought that was so creepy to be like why does that person have to say their sexual like what they're into sexually yeah like it's so weird to be like i like to fuck this kind of person when like straight people don't have to so i kind of love the going into life being like i'm gonna figure out what i am and i don't have a default yeah or the default should just be pan you like everything yes. you're not like press it's also like with pronouns like we assert that he she is like the norm when really we should assert that they them is mm-hmm. the norm and allow people to correct you or like usher you in the way of their pronouns are actually this and it's like being more inclusive and neutral when it comes to terminology and orientation is what's going to like really promote inclusion yeah i also think i gravitated towards you because i like when women kind of challenge the norms of like masculine versus feminine energy where like one second you're like look at this hot tennis skirt which is like more traditionally you know feminine and then a second later you're like talking shit in a very like and comedy is more of like a masculine quality and i'm putting in quotations because this is socially constructed and but people look up to you like she's the hottest she's the cutest and like how they talk about like straight girls but you were kind of i think you make people question like what is stereotypical femininity yeah yeah it's also like all these comments being like i'm just gay for you and i'm like no you're just gay like you're just gay like if there was another girl who was like me you'd like her too like i'm sorry like what did you just read that back to me and think critically about that statement or they're like i'd leave my boyfriend for you you make me question everything i'm like you are just gay bro like and it's not that deep like, but you're not like queen of lesbian tiktok because no but i'm realizing is like a whole thing well, the thing is is that I, you get in at all like no, are you part of the I think algorithm lesbian tiktok knows of me i'm not part of it 
but um you like blow the fuck up though if you got involved in that algorithm i feel like well i feel like i discovered that a lot of my followers were actually like very queer and very progressive and i didn't realize that before and um yeah i don't know i think that um a lot of my followers are aged like 15 to 25, like predominantly white women, probably in progressive swinging states. Yeah. And so they're like, oh, well, maybe like, maybe like she looks like she looks like me and I really like her skirts and her hair and also her and body's kind of killer. Like, and she looks happy. Yeah. Like, oh, oh, yeah. And then they also watch the videos of me and my girlfriend and they're like, Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I do also think that girls who care less about the male gaze sometimes are able to dominate in more like male dominated spaces or just like in general with their business i think that for me i conquered the male gaze at a young age like i had i was i like a self-proclaimed slut like i had so much sex and there's nothing nothing negative about the term slut like i was just slutting it mm-hmm. up mm-hmm. like full bust down every day titties out at all times Pussy like poppin'. yeah like talking to like so many dudes and i never had a problem getting male attention and I know that if I want to like slip into this role and like present myself in a certain way, like I could pull dudes out the ass, but it's like, for me, it's a choice to like feel comfortable in my skin and dress the way I want to. I loved your before and after showing how you used to do like fake tan, full makeup, tweezing the eyebrows or whatever. And then now you're kind of more yourself in terms of like less makeup. What is the like decision process behind like when you want to wear makeup or not when putting yourself out there? I think that like I haven't found a makeup type that like kind of amplifies my like natural beauty. Um, I think that if I could find a routine that really works and like was easy to do in 15 minutes and made me feel good, I would do it. But the thing is, is that I work out every single day and it's like, that's going to fuck up my hair. That's going to fuck up my makeup. And at the core of it is me working out and not wanting to hinder that. Does that help your mental health working? Yeah. And also being strong makes me feel beautiful more than more so than like a full bust down every day. Probably. Hell yeah. yeah oh my god you're killing the game okay we're gonna play a final game yes. called the seven deadly sins seven deadly sins what are you gluttonous about what do you overindulge in um i'm not a super gluttonous like like money wise what's what's i'm what's your like guilty pleasure Oh, blowouts. I love a blowout. Yeah. Where do you go? Dry bar. Hell yeah. How often? Uh, Probably like once or twice a month. Great. And then you kind of like let it. I'll wear it for like a few days. The thing is, is I can do it myself. Mm-hmm. I'm super stingy. So like growing up like a Jewish father and then my mom who's like first gen, it's like don't spend money and don't do anything. So I can be super restrictive and like not gluttonous. But with I just went to L.A. and they- I was talking to my friend who's a little woo woo about that stuff and about abundance theory. And she's like, if you hold money too tight, it wants to go away. So tight, bro. I have really like have so much money guilt too. But I was about to say, like, now that you're making money, how have you been navigating, like, deciding what you should spend on, how much to spend? Because I'm like that too. Oh, I'm gluttonous with home decor. Oh, yeah, hell, so yeah, you'll, yeah, you'll yeah, spend yeah, yeah. anything. But on the thing home is, decor? is, like, my my apartment looks the way it does because anthropology is paying for all of it. So I'm like, yeah, yeah. give me all the furniture because it's free. Yeah, yeah. But like, I paid like a lot of money for a couch, but that's the most money I've ever spent on anything or like yeah. my rent. I guess I'm gluttonous with like yeah. a, a nice place, but I think that that's for my business you know and also it is your office and it also like it's my set think yeah think how much time you spend at home like if you aren't proud of the space around you like that seeps into you yeah yeah it's like your starting point every day and i've also made all the money back from it but probably like home decor and like aesthetic stuff like hair and like getting my eyebrows done i love it who are you envious of and it could be a kind of person too um i would say like people i'm envious of complacent people i feel like i'm extremely like (laughs) like 
it's never enough. And that's like the root of my unhappiness. Girl, it's it's hard. It's a double-edged sword because it's what makes you successful that you constantly, like if you watch these documentaries of these really successful people, they're always like, we need more and this is not good enough. And yeah, you're like, that yeah. seems kind of sad. And they're like, I've only slept for three hours. And it's like, oh, fuck. <laughs> I want to make a bag and sleep. I, f- I find what's helped me is redefining what success is because we're always going to want success. Yeah. But redefining it like, oh, it's waking up in the morning and not being depressed or like, oh. Yeah, I want that. Feeling- I'm jealous of those people. Yeah, like not like that. Like those people who jump out of bed in the morning and like attack the day. Like for me, it's like it, a slow burn. I literally don't wake up till four. Like, so just, like I'm not like, period. I'm not like, like this I'm is like, the 11 yeah. a.m. podcast. I'm not going to remember it. I, I've, it takes me so long to get the day going. And also I do stand up. So at night I'm like all over the place and then I can't yeah, yeah, calm yeah. down. Anyway, that's my own issues for another time. Um, When was the last time you experienced extreme wrath? Or anger. You said you have a spicy side. Yeah, anger. Anger is my, like, old best friend. But the last time I felt extreme anger, when somebody said, uh, I read I read the Reddit, the New York City influencer Reddit. Ooh, um, that's naughty. Yeah, it's small and it's a dark place. And I don't comment. People think that, like, I'm in there commenting or they think influencers are in there commenting. I just read. But somebody said, my best friend is trans and she's also black. And somebody said, does Victoria Paris hang out with any POCs? I was like, what the fuck are you saying? Mm-hmm. And they're like, does she date any POCs? And I'm like, yo, like, I don't I don't tokenize my friends. Yeah. I don't take every single one of my friends and put them in front of the camera for the exact reasons we listed. And for you to, like, question that, especially, and then they went on. Well, they on, try to start some shit. As, and then they went on to say that they think that I'm only friends with my best friend out of, like, pity. And to look better. And I was like, this is the one person who's been there for me. We lived together. We grew up in the same place. And it just makes me mad when people attack not me, but my friends or like my best friend. And like, I'm just so defensive in that way. And I was like red with anger to be like, who are you to even put my best friend in a box that way? That's why I don't go near Reddit because I would have thrown my fucking laptop out the window. Um, And then they're anonymous. You can't find them. Oh, yeah. And kidnap them. (laughs) When was the last time you were a sloth? So like did nothing all day. I was just talking to my girlfriend about that, how we don't do that. Like, it's an issue. Like, I used to, I used to like, get fucked up and, yeah. like, spend sa- Sunday just in bed all day. Do you not drink as much now? No. I, like, went back and forth with, like, being sober fully. I, like, try to be sober for my 21st, like, my 21st present to myself. But it's hard. Um, Why do you want to be sober? I think that it affects my, like, working out and, like, my happiness, for my sure. depression the next day is so Your bad. muscles also don't recover the same way. Yeah, and I just feel like shit and the depression is so bad the next day. I would say the last time I was a sloth, uh, whenever I get back from trips, you know that one day yeah. when you're back and you're like, don't want to unpack the suitcase and you're just sitting there in your apartment, like, okay. It's always weird though, because you're like, I just tra- like I just traveled, like I sat on a plane for four hours. I shouldn't be exhausted, but I am. <laughs> yeah, it's so taxing. <laughs> um, when was the last time you let your pride or your ego get in the way of something? Oh my god, every day, <laughs> every day, I'm like, oh, you can't do that. You can't say that. Who do you think you are? <sighs> but I do think there's an element of like self-respect versus like okay am i am i letting my ego take over yeah i think that my um my ego i don't know can you give me an example this is a tough one you tell me it could be like um business wise where you're like i don't do shit like that or personal friendships where your your ego gets involved relationships it's your ego i i know my ego is just i'll i'll like take things more personally than I should. Um, I think, I think like 
something that I don't really talk about is like when something's unpaid, I'm like, go fuck yourself. Like, why would I go or whatever? That's something I've had to get over. Like, not everybody's going to pay you for your time and that's okay. And it's your choice to value yourself. Yeah. And also like pick the right things and show up to the right things. So for for like a year, it was like a hard no on any unpaid events or like showing up anywhere unpaid because I was like, I know my worth and if people aren't going to pay me, I'm not going to show up. But it, it can be a means to an end. Yeah, I don't. I could see how that's like actually not ego and just really smart business because you only have so much energy. And if you're going to put yourself out there, like if you see a long-term relationship with someone, it's different. But I think it's, I'm kind of a yes person where I'll be like, okay, I want to make these people happy when realistically like you're abandoning yourself by trying to like be nice to a brand. Yeah. Okay. Who's your celebrity crush right now? Oh, it's always Bella Hadid, but tell me yours. Oh, it's always, it's always Bella Hadid. Wait, tell me the Bella Hadid phenomenon. Whoa, Why are you so into her? Oh my God. I've been into her like since like a young, young, young age. Because I watch Real Housewives. And yeah. I watch Real Housewives in Orange County. And so I you saw like her, her over Gigi? Uh, yeah. I mean, like my like, I, I don't know. I just don't really resonate with Gigi. I think mm-hmm. like I resonate... <laughs> First of all, I resonate. <laughs> I just think I just her. Connect I think that me. there was like this distinct moment in her career where she chose happiness and she chose to be the light in the room and mm. to be confident. And you can visibly see it in her pictures and her style. Like she definitely self styles most of her outfits and she looks so happy. And it's extremely empowering to see like another woman just go out there and decide to be the good. Obviously, there's a privilege involved in that to be yeah. good and like, like whatever but i think that i just love her energy it's so like ethereal yeah how would you describe your style eclectic i think it's like a mix between like my mom's influence my aspirations the people i've been around the places i've traveled i love that it's funny i didn't realize how much my mom influences me because this summer i was like i want to look like a pregnant 90s mom Cause that's literally how I think of my mom yeah, in the nineties, yeah. like with the smock and then like sneakers with socks. And I'm like, I don't need to be pregnant, but like, I like the pregnant mom aesthetic. Yeah. And people are like, what are you talking about? And I'm like, you'll see. Cottage core. Like, yeah. It's cottage core, but also like kind of grandma. sweaty in the city though. Like yeah, you're running yeah, yeah, errands yeah, yeah, and yeah. shit. <laughs> she like shaved her head. She was a badass. Bro, that's Shout out to mom. I want to shave my head. She was pregnant so- and shaved. <gasps> It Bro, looks so I keep hot. telling everybody the, when I get pregnant, I'm gonna shave my head because the most feminine thing you can do is get pregnant. Like I feel like that's peak femininity and like releasing yourself from your hair and beauty and just embracing like motherhood is such. She said she was like in Brooklyn in the Bro, summer. She was like it was eight months in and she's like fuck this shit. Shaved her head, sweating profusely, pregnant. My dad goes, so your mom used to be fat and bald, and he goes, then I became fat and bald. Well, but the anyway, thing is, is like, yo, come on, like riddle me this. Who, who like you shouldn't inherently want to fuck a pregnant woman like nobody's out here like it's kind of weird to like fetishize pregnant women yeah. so like if people aren't finding you beauty beautiful by the stereotypical beauty, stereotypically beauty. beautiful then fuck it shave like like Dude, you don't so even empowering. have to get conditioner shampoo oh no, it's so empowering like you that's just, when i want to do it i've never heard of somebody actually doing it if you have a good jawline and a good shaved head or if you don't go honestly for it. just send it i got chin lipo fire i love it did you really yeah they sucked out all the fat here because i i have always had a snatch jawline because i was super thin yeah and then i gained weight and i was happy with the weight i gained it was all right here though yeah my back goes right here right here because my dad <laughs> is laughing if I'm you like, have a jewish dad your yeah. nose starts to droop your chin is my like, dad's jewish yeah yeah <laughs> if you have jewish parents period it's like you like get this deposit right there and yeah. your nose starts to fall off but it's funny because it's not fat it's just like starts to kind of like fall fall like when i gain weight it goes right here they do j plasma too which tightens it so it like burns the skin and tightens it i love it yeah do you do botox i used to not anymore i feel like it made me and my face puffy yeah 
it's interesting because like the young girlies are experimenting where like girls when Bro, I, was, I was on the precipice of that making those videos i was like oh millions, the preventative millions, botox millions of views on that and then they just kept juicing me up like every two months when you're not supposed to get a retouch until like the six month mark oh, because it was they, they came out in an article after the fact the botox clinic saying i upped i single-handedly the only influencer they worked with up to their uh customer base 50 percent and so they just kept doing it to do more videos every two months. And I didn't realize because I didn't know how long after supposed to. It was the first time I got Botox. So I kept getting it retouched for a year. No movement. Nothing. Like, no movement. People, <laughs> people are like, oh my gosh. People are like, she's, she has such a dry personality. And you're like, I can't move my no, mouth. like, I can't read her. She was so beautiful. And then she opens she's her so mouth mysterious. and she sounds like a frat bro. And nothing's <laughs> moving. I'm so confused what's happening right now. No, I like, I like love moving my eyebrows and my face. Um, so I haven't done it yet. We'll see. I was interested in masseter Botox because I, I clench that. so bad. Yeah, Does great. it help with like You don't headaches? realize how much you clench in headaches until you get it. It also defines your chin a lot more. Yeah, I think I need to get masseter Botox just because I think I wake up easier in the morning if I didn't wake up with like my my jaw throbbing. Yeah, you should definitely get it. It's like, but it hurts like three. Like they like go deep in there. Okay, good shot. Okay, final question. What do you do to cope with your hell when you're going through it, when it's dark? What are your coping strategies? Oh, my gosh. Um, revenge. Fuck it. Yeah. Like, I just, I just like, I'm like, I'm like, y'all are preying on my downfall. I'm going to work harder. Like, I just kind of throw myself at it. I, I, I feel the emotions fully. I allow myself to be really upset. And then I'm like, you know, I'm just going to do you one better. Like, after every breakup is always a glow up. After every yeah. job loss is a better opportunity. Like, I just try to, like, push push through i do have to say after spending an hour with you you're so wise you're weirdly mature and that because like I, I interview a lot of people in their 20s and you have like a old soul type vibe to you it's just a plot and yeah <laughs> and it's not a coincidence that you're successful where can people follow you listen to you watch you add victoria paris on everything hell yeah. yeah and i'm just so excited to see what you do in the future i'm a stan thanks for coming to hell with us guys and we'll talk to you later bye thanks for having me <laughs>